if you embrace the concept of advancement and growth, both in your personal and professional life, you've got a legitimate shot at experiencing accelerated and sustained success in business and at home. Working on your self-improvement and development would demonstrate the elite ability to do a personal self-assessment, to address your shortcomings, and accentuate your strengths. Don't believe me? I've got some proof in the pudding that I want to share. According to a recent survey conducted by the International Coach Federation found that 70% of entrepreneurs who engage in personal development activities reported improved business performance. This includes employee retention, increased revenue, and customer satisfaction. So, my friends, you can see that there is real tangible benefits to working on yourself as an entrepreneur. No one could agree with that statement more than my friend David Ask. He's a well-respected and standout member in the field of entrepreneurship and personal and product development. He's the driving force behind StackyardPlus.com, which is a product showcase featured in over 3,000 retailers, including Home Depot and Lowe's. Alongside this success, David also spearheads two mastermind groups under the prestigious banner of ISI. His true passion is personal growth and overcoming obstacles and dialing in on a uniquely special and important purpose. He also serves as the lead coach for Dr. Andy Garrett's True North Blueprint which helps people become the most resilient people on earth. And in his spare time, he can be seen singing all over the world. His voice has been compared to the likes of Josh Groban and Andrea Bocelli. And he joined me this week to talk all about his love for personal development, his success in entrepreneurship and how he helps to coach people to reach their entrepreneurial and personal success. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. So, David, if 
you're ready, I'll take a moment to welcome you to the program. And I'm super excited to learn all about your journey in uh, entrepreneurship and personal development, my friend. Thank you so much for being here, and thanks for a few minutes. Let's do it. Absolutely. Now, David, I'm curious to get your uh, thoughts as we begin our conversation on your definition of entrepreneurial diversification and what does it mean to you to show diversification in entrepreneurship? Well, I tell you what, you know, I, I like the idea of just, you know, when you think about diversification in general, right, it seems to kind of paint this picture of not having your your eggs all in one basket, you know, it's a kind of a sense of of safety, you know, as it were. So what's interesting about you know, my story is I actually moved from a little town in Minnesota uh, to Nashville, Tennessee, back in 1994 to do music like a million other people. And what's really fascinating is, is now over the course of, you know, three decades of being uh, in Nashville, I I still do music um, as well as a few other things. So my uh, my diversification um you know, with regards to, you know, like income streams, as it were, you know, is, is I do a um, kind of my, my main book of business, as it were, is I, uh, along with my brother-in-law, about 10 years ago, invented a product um, called the StatGuard Plus, and it's a thermostat guard with a combination lock. And we sell in about 3000 retail stores, including the Home Depot and Lowe's, and I'm really, you know, happy about that product and just thrilled to, you know, have, have gone through that that entrepreneurial journey, right? That's a boy, that's that story in and of itself is is uh you know kind of defines the idea of an entrepreneur, meaning, you know, someone who jumps into the deep end of the pool and figures it out. Um, and then I do some coaching um as well. Um uh, on the side. So I, I coach entrepreneurs and as well as do some life coaching as well. Yeah. And let's dive into uh, uh, the coaching side of this because, you know, uh, David, in preparing for this interview, I came across a stat that was published by LinkedIn. And uh, I was curious to get your thoughts on the whole, whole notion of the uh, development as in entrepreneurs. So the stat was that uh, 70% of entrepreneurs who, who embraced the whole concept of personal development and growth as an entrepreneur see an increased level of performance and a productivity during their workday. So tell me, why do you think uh, personal development is so important Boy, I tell you what, that's a that's a, actually a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And Kevin, I so real quick, I don't want to say your level of of preparedness here right out of the gate is fantastic. By the way, um, well, thank I, I, do, you. I do a lot of podcast interviews, and the questions quite often are are kind of generic and boring. And I so I love that you're you're really prepared here. So. One of the things that I do with regards to my coaching is I work um, as the lead coach for Dr. Andy Garrett's True North Blueprint. And, and what we do is we help people really drill into 
you know, their uniqueness of bedrock, you know, who they are, you know, like we all have a, a fingerprint, we all have, you know, a retina that's different. And of course, our, our souls, right, are very different. And so that sense of self-awareness, <clears throat> and I, I, I sometimes use that term, you know, a little hesitantly, just because sometimes people roll their eyes and they're like, well, I, I guess that's just me staring at my own belly button or whatever. But here's what's really fascinating is, is when I know why I'm different, you know, and how I'm different and what my makeup is, you know, versus the person next to me. And I'm talking values, convictions. I like to say what, you know, I think I got this from a Nissan commercial. What is it that gives your goosebumps goosebumps? You know, your strengths, your, your, you know, those things that you're, the things that make you mad, right? The problems that you want to solve, you know, things like that. It's like, um, I like this word, you know, the word passion comes from the word suffer. You know, what are you willing to suffer for? And guess what? It's different from the person next to you. So <clears throat> to kind of dial in on your question there a bit more is, I think that, you know, the idea of, of productivity and, and entrepreneurship and, and, you know, just in general, taking ground and, you know, kicking butt, as it were, really starts with self-awareness. You have to know yourself. Otherwise, you're probably going to be choosing um, activities and, and choosing things throughout your day that, <clears throat> excuse me, that are just not as meaningful, right? It might be what it, your what you value might be what someone else values that you admire as opposed to tapping the brakes, doing some deep work and really defining those characteristics for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, David, one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you was because, you know, we share a mutual synergy in the fact that we both, both love to see the development of people. And I know that you lead a couple of, mastermind groups and you deal with a whole swath of different people on a, a daily basis my friend so tell me about the development of people and really getting them to understand their unique use as people because you know david i always say that, that if you don't celebrate your differences you're leaving a deficit for the rest of the world because and no matter how many degrees you have on a wall or how many years you went to school, you can always learn something for somebody else. So talk to me about the whole whole uh, idea of the human experience and the idea of learning from other people. And I know you do that on a daily basis, so I'm wondering your thoughts then. Yeah, man, what a wonderful question. I. So those, you know, if you spend a lot of time with me, especially over this last couple of years, my, you'll hear me say this quote. Um, it's by Benjamin Disraeli, the former PM of England back in the 1800s. But he said that the greatest good you can do for another is not to share with him your riches, but to reveal to him his own. And And I love this idea that you know, especially when you're growing up, right? You you walk into a, a room of your peers, you walk, you know, uh, next to the cool people, right? You you and this this really translates into adulthood. What we're looking for is the, you know, the, and it's kind of a way of backing into this. We're looking for the admiration of the admirable. So when someone that you look up to, whether of course it should be your parents, 
you know, and those closest to you growing up, when they see gold in you, when they see something that, you know, seems to really rise to the top and they say something, right? They validate that thing and they say, you know, hey, David, I saw you step out and and do this type of thing or say this type of thing. And I could see your passion rising. I could see your, you know, your sense of mission rising. And and by the way, that felt good to us. That felt good to experience that side of you. I think that is one of the best, you know, gifts you could, you know, give anybody. And really, <clears throat> it's it's such a wonderful way to love someone at their core, right? If if somebody walks into the room and you say, hey dude, nice shoes. Okay, right? A compliment's a compliment. That's and you might mean it. That's all good and fine. But but when someone shows up and they share their heart and they share something that's convictional to them, and then later on you call them up and you say, hey, you know, hey Kevin, I loved when you said this phrase and when you use this word it seemed to really shift things in the room and shifting inside of things inside of me. And I know it took courage to step out on that limb. And I, I just want to validate the fact that that was really great. So I, I really believe that personal development, you know, in that sense of ourselves, you know, we can't generate that on our own. People can, you know, what we do with, you know, the true North blueprint is to ask people really powerful questions. You know, the some, uh, I forget who said it, but, you know, the question the power of the question is really kind of at the height of learning, right? It's it's the right question. And what's really fascinating is, is you know, when you when you get someone to answer those questions for themselves, that's I think probably 70% of the battle. But then you also, we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live on an island. We 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 were made to be in community with others. And when people that we, you know, hopefully you know, that love us, right? Or that we admire and that we have, have chosen to do life with closely when they start to validate those things and to point them out and shine a spotlight on them. Well, then we dare to believe that those, you know, those really great courageous things that are towards the top of us, as, as it were, the greatest good, we, we dare to believe those things because we really want to. And then we start acting more in alignment with those things. And the world is blessed because we're not shrinking from what we would dare hope be, you know, the the truest, not just true, but the truest and most wonderful things about our our essence and what makes us different from somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about making us different from uh, someone else, David. I'm going to share just a quick story about myself. So anyone that listens or watches my podcast knows that I I was born with what's called uh, spastic quadriplegia uh, cerebral palsy. David, that mm. uh, simply means that I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally. And I found out, David, at the age of nine that I wouldn't be able to walk without mm. the assistance of a walker for the duration of my life. But I always tell myself I can either work for my circumstances or have my circumstances work for me, and I know that you're a huge believer in helping people overcome obstacles uh, yeah. on, the, on the road to prosperity, my friend, during their personal uh, growth journey there. So tell me about the whole idea of overcoming obstacles and turning that into prosperity and what that means to you. Man, overcoming obstacles. I So it's funny, by the way, Kevin, I started writing a book literally this month 
called the guardians of grit. And so, so, you know, we, we often think that grit and resilience, you know, are the, are the same thing, right? But I'm going to, I want to make a couple of things really clear, you know, with regards to overcoming obstacles. Resilience is, is just simply bouncing back, you know, to what was, right? You get knocked on the ground, you stand up again. You know, it's, it's this idea like a, like a basketball, right? If it's, you know, it's get, it gets compressed and hit backwards. It bounces back to its you know original shape. And and of course, when we think about resilience, we think about this idea of getting back up quicker, as opposed to staying knocked down and and floundering and wasting time and losing ground and losing money and all that kind of thing. Where grit, you know, with regards to overcoming obstacles, is simply this idea of I'm going to do hard things over a long period of time because I believe in the mission. What's on the other side of this hill or obstacle is something that I believe in. And it's, you know, grit, I, th- I think, you know, requires that word, you know, suffer, like passion. What am I willing to suffer for here? And and I think for, you know, again, that's different for everybody. And I, I, um, I'm kind of one of these guys that's a bit of a, a dreamer. I like to, um, I like to think, um, you know, like, like knights and shining armor and and uh, you know slaying dragons and things like that because I think that that those stories, albeit you know very real, um, you know tell tell a story of the person that's in each of us, right? We we all, especially when we're younger too, right? We we're not <laughs> we've not been knocked down enough and you know experienced enough pain where it shuts off our imagination, but we all long to be the hero. Right, whether it's the policeman or fireman or, you know, the guy that you know the military, the soldier, the knight, whatever that is, mm-hmm. we want to be the person that comes in and slays the dragon. Um, you know, especially as men, right? The word, the Hebrew word for man, you know, means one who turns chaos into order. And I love that, right? You walk, you want to be that guy that walks into the room, and I hope the room gets more joyful and things like that. But I don't care whether I'm at a gas station or in my own home or in a restaurant or whatever it is, if there's something chaotic going on, I want to know that I not only have the ability, but really the desire to to make a chaotic situation, you know, harmonious again. So so this idea of, you know, knowing yourself, knowing what you're wanting to you know, uh, pass on in the world, the dent that you want to have, but then also, you know, what are you willing to suffer for? What, what makes you mad? Like what's, what's worth falling on your, your sword over. And if you don't answer those questions for yourself, you know, personally, you know, you're really going to, you're probably going to start fighting, you know, stupid battles that you can't win. You know, you think this is might be getting a little bit <clears throat> maybe off topic, but um, I think I was in this situation for a while. Like I had such desire to do great things and to, you know, to, to fight uh, good battles. I'll be honest, it turned kind of political for me for a long time because I really wasn't sure who I was and I wasn't sure those things that I could control or not. And it's really easy to get really mad about something, you know, that you can't uh, necessarily have a real big impact on because it's well at least at least it's something but when you dial into you know your uniqueness and start asking answering I, I should say the really powerful questions in life it's amazing 
then how your sense of mission starts to change. Your sense, your definition of success starts to change and you start bringing those, the, you know, the greatest good inside of you to smash your obstacles and not obstacles that someone else defines as important. Yeah, and, and you know, David, I work with a lot of businesses to help them amplify <laughs> the hiring of, of folks with uh, disabilities and, and nice. promote inclusion in the workforce. As a, a professional speaker outside of hosting this podcast, my friend, and I'm always curious to ask uh, business people like yourself or entrepreneurs, how do you think we can open up doors of inclusion for folks with disabilities? And how do you think we can change the attitudinal approach for employers when it comes to inclusion in the workforce? Yeah, that's such a such a great question. You know, I think it was the first time I heard this phrase. I'm not sure he's the original, you know, one who coined it, but uh, Craig Groeschel talks, uses the phrase, something like this. He says, people like us do things like this. So what's fascinating is, is everybody needs to have that, you know, that internal culture, meaning someone like me does something like this, right? What would someone like me do in a situation like this? And when you start answering that question for yourself as a leader, right, you're talking about, you know, corporations and companies and things like that. It's amazing how that, that sense of, maturity and solidity and um you know the like, kind of this idea of just black and white like man there are, yeah there's gray area in life but boy when people sense that you're really clear about your values and what you stand for and what you stand upon and the mission that you're on they tend to want to do that for themselves as well so i really think it starts with the individual we can you know we can have credos on the wall and that's important i'll be honest i i kind of like that kind of thing but most of the time, <clears throat> people don't follow something on the wall that they walk by on their way into the office, right? Mm -hmm. They follow people. They follow someone else who is setting a tone that is just, for lack of a better word, awesome, right? It's I'm, I'm drawn to a flame because it's bright and it's warm and it's good. So I, I think it really starts, you know, everything, I'll put it this way, Kevin, everything rises and falls on leadership, period. So if a leader is not um, solid, if you will, inside of themselves, you're gonna have you're gonna have chaos, you know, all around. So I, I think that to create a better work environment and to foster, you know, uh, 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 <laughs> whatever, a great environment for people with disabilities or whatever it is, right? It, it really starts with whoever is in charge, and they need to place a value on that. Uh, practice what you preach, right? Yeah, nailed it. Absolutely. Uh, David, I want to return to the idea of resilience for just a moment, because, <clears throat> you know, I, I often say that resilience is the test, uh, is the answer to the test of adversity once adversity strikes. So how do you think we can use resilience as a growth tool to grow in both business and in life, my friend. What are your thoughts there? And I'm going to make sure I understand your, your question. How can we use resiliency to do what? To grow as business leaders. And oh, yeah. Okay, grow. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny is, is I kind of wonder, Kevin, if, if resiliency, 
you know, when you get down to the brass tacks of it, you know, it's, you know, if somebody gets punched in the face, you know, metaphorically, like, you know, Mike Tyson says, everybody is, you know, wants to pick a fight or whatever, and is all gung ho until they get punched in the face. It's, you know, this idea of if I get knocked down, why am I getting up? And, and so resiliency requires setback. But it, but, but setback, you know, in essence requires resiliency. It's the salty and sweet. You have to have, you know, you can't have one without the other. So my thought would be is, is, you know, again, when you get up, why in the world are you getting up? Right? But you might get punched in the face again. And it's, it's this idea of I'm getting up because I believe in something. Therefore, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get up because of my core values. So growth in, in all reality, starts at that basis, whether that's a, you know, a company that loses some sales and I get it, I've, I've struggled through all that kind of stuff. It's, you know what, I, when I lose it, when I lose an account or something like that, why do I get up again? It's because I believe that my product is saving people energy on a very practical level, right? You throw a stat guard on the wall or the combination lock, nobody's tampering with your thermostat and you don't have to keep up with some tiny key, and I, so I, I believe in those things because I want people to spend their money on, you know, making memories with their kids and not paying the power bill. So on a very practical level, as far as a company goes, right, I believe in my, my product. I believe in what I'm doing. And on a, on a personal level, you know what? I want to have the David Osk shaped dent in the universe because when I see my impact in the world, it feels really great to be me and it reinforces you know who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, David, I'm the uh, person that believes that we all have to set our own standard of expectations because, in my view, it's hard to rise to the level of someone else's expectations if you don't fundamentally set them for for yourself. So I'm curious to ask you about success purpose and internal motivation and how do you think all, all of those uh, three things are interconnected okay so success you said internal motivation and what was the other one purpose purpose okay so i'm gonna haul back into it so <clears throat> first of all i think purpose uh, tim keller tweeted one time years ago purpose is everything and and boy i tell you what when you get up in the morning and you don't feel like you have a purpose talk about a, a a depressing space right you're you look at you know people that get into their retirement years and there's i mean study upon study that shows when when people lack a purpose i mean their their life expectancy drops significantly so i think purpose is everything um and then i also think this idea of my buddy greg introduced me to this phrase or this question what is your definition of success and i think it's really um, you know, really important to um, to have clarity on what success looks like for you. Of course, when we're younger, right, we got stars in our eyes and we think, oh, it's going to be having the house and the, you know, all the crap. But then you find out, right, the definition of success is always, always 100% of the time, people. The entire point of life is about relationships. And if your relationships stink, um, everything else does. The rest, the, the rest of it is completely meaningless. 
So, so I think this idea of, of getting really clear on what's important in life, you know, is, is to paint that definition of success. Not that you can't have all, you know, some of the other things, right? You, you can have whatever you want. You just can't have all of it. And I, and I think it's really important to define those things that are, you know, within your, you know, in a priority level that are in your ability to, you know, reasonably, you know, achieve and produce, if you will. Um, and then motivation, you know, again, I think it goes back to this idea of just passion. You know, what is it that lights you up? What is it that gives you goosebumps? What is it that makes you get that lump in your throat that's a good lump in your throat, right? What is it that's, um, yeah, that makes you mad that you're you're wanting to snuff out or stamp out? And um, and how can you bring the, the best um, portions of yourself to bear, the full weight of who you are to bear in those, those circumstances? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, David, when we talk about creating a timetable for personal development, I'm sure you would agree with the fact that it's an individual journey and not a collective a solution because everyone's personal development journey is different. So... I'm curious, what are you looking to measure uh, making progress on your own uh, sort of personal development journey? How do you think people can do that effectively? Also, uh, paying respect to the emotional side of their personal development journey. Gosh, Kevin, you're the magician of great questions here. So um, I... So Dr. Andy Garrett, you know, I work closely with him and he he has a phrase where he says, follow the clues, you know, so so what does that mean? I mean, when I, when I have predetermined, right, I'm not just getting up in the morning, you know, licking my finger, holding it in the wind and, you know, seeing which way the wind blows. When I've predetermined those things that are valuable to me, that's where, you know, this this idea of of measuring progress begins. You have to have a, you know, a set point. And, you know, again, this whole idea of predetermining. So once you've predetermined the things you're going to say yes to and no to, the things you love, the things you hate, well, then things get start to get really clear. But I like this idea of following the clues because when you start, you know, identifying those things, right? Identity. You've identified those things that are meaningful to you. You've identified, I'll, I'll put it this way, you know, the word authenticity comes from comes from the word author, Right. When you identify, you know, what God has authored in you because you didn't make you, well, then you have a clear, a clear path. And then the clues, when you start acting in alignment with those things that are truest to your nature, it feels really freaking great to be you. You know, it's it's you you feel genuine, you feel resilient, you feel um, you know, uh, like you're yeah, you're equipped. And the but here's the fascinating thing. The, the clues are just as powerful on the other side. When you're not acting in alignment with your authenticity, right? When you're trying to be like your brother or your dad or your uncle or, you know, some talking head on television, you're not going to feel authentic. You're going to start feeling apathetic, imposter syndrome, fearful, avoidant, um, you know, just, yeah, just uh, in, in general not authentic and very negative. So I think this idea of following the clues and and seeing where your joy, not your happiness, not dopamine, right? But where your joy takes you when you see your impact. I think that's a the measuring stick that would probably be the best on any given, you know, week or month. Yeah, and David, when we, when we talk about advancement 
and re really advancing forward, forward in life. You know, I'm someone who believes that you have to take an advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you when they're presented to you, because, you know, we all are on this infinite uh, journey called life. And I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you, David, when I was born, I was born uh, three months premature, and mm -hmm. the doctors told my parents that I wouldn't live past three and a half. And uh, mm. uh, uh, the middle of this month, I turned 35. So mm. I, I'm curious, what is living in the moment and the idea of advancement mean to you? Golly, such a great thing. I, In fact, I had a my buddy Shane Sams and I were talking about this idea of living in the moment today. So I've got several different coaches in my life. And my, my, my coach, Cindy, she says, you know, when you're feeling like you're on a train, you can't get off of, right? You're just, all right, you're busy. You're doing all your things. She says, stop in the moment. Notice three different colors in the room. Notice three textures in the room. You know, what do you smell? What do you hear? It's like, well, you start using your senses, you know, to, to get back into the moment, right? Yeah. And we always say this, but it's so true. Yesterday is gone. Can't get it back. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And right now, what is, by the way, what is that on, was it Master Shifu and uh, on Kung Fu Panda? You know, when he, when he talks about, you know, the, the present moment being a present, you know, it's a gift. And that's why we call it the present. And it really is, you know, you get to to be alone, you know, and, and uh, touchable. You get to touch your own heart, your own mind, someone next to you, and, and just really be present and, and enjoy the moment. Give yourself the gift of being you know, being present. But I, I think that um, here's the funny thing, and unless you're doing that, and I'm 49 years old, and I can't tell you how many times, even still, it's a battle to kind of step off the train because I'm so, you know, kind of just driven to produce something. Mm -hmm. So advancement, <clears throat> although face value sounds like a positive word, right? What if you're advancing in the wrong direction? You know, it's so, so what's fascinating is, is this idea of back to self-awareness. It's like, man, who am I? What lights me up? What are my strengths? What gives me goosebumps? What am I passionate about? And I'm talking, having real clarity on that. Well, then you start advancing in the right direction and you start to, you know, feel the, you know, sense those clues, right? That, that, that energize you. Yeah. And, and you know, David, one of the reasons I wanted to uh, start this podcast, I've run it now for three and a half years, but I looked at the world and I said, there has to be more that brings us together than uh, tears us apart. And I wanted mm. to create a platform that allowed people to create what I call more bridges of unity. So I'm curious, I know we talked about inclusion earlier in uh, the workplace setting, uh, sort of a reference there. But I'm also curious to ask you, what do you think it'll take to create more bridges of uni unity and a more inclusive culture where everyone can be respected, heard? We may not always agree, but I'm curious, how do you think we can create that inclusive culture again where we're all respected? Oh man, that's a, that's a, a great question. And, you know, this might sound really political, but I, I think that it starts with shutting off the news. 
it starts with with um well i think there you know my opinion is there is a concerted effort to divide and i mean that's i don't i mean if you look closely i don't think there's anybody who could disagree with that you look at the evening news and every social media post nobody is having an intelligent conversation and an exchange of words right it's tribalism and people are just shouting at each other so i think i think we really need to just take back the ability to think for ourselves, talk to your neighbors, talk to the people that are close to you at work, and talk to those who will actually talk, as opposed to those who are so insecure about what they believe that if they're wrong, they don't have an identity, they have nothing. So all they can do is sit and scream at each other. I think it's talk to people who are reasonable, be kind, you know, kindness goes such a long way, and, and enter into dialogues that that might even like kind of what you said, we might not disagree here, but guess what, buddy? I value your life. I value your opinion. I value your story. And when you start telling people that and showing them that, odds are they will do the same for you. But I, I do believe there is a flat dead concerted effort across the board, just like they did in Rome, right? Rome was never, uh, Rome was not conquered from the outside. They were, they were divided and they ended up, you know, killing themselves, as it were, and falling apart. And that's what's happening in our country. I think the, the media and everything else is the enemy at this point. Oh, well, uh, depending on the news channel you turn on, right? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think it's the two sides of the same coin, is my opinion. But I, I don't, I don't, I think they're all just shouting at each other, wanting to create, create tribes as opposed to having meaningful dialogue. Oh, well, well uh, you know, um, <laughs> And I, I graduated with a journalism degree in college, uh, David. So I, um, uh, it's kind of sad to see the state of oh, what journalism has turned into, isn't it? Oh yeah, and, I, and isn't it? You know, isn't it? It's neat when you look back in general. Like when I was, when I was growing up, or at least my grandparents, right? They, you know, they would talk objectively about certain things. Well. 20 years ago, now it just changed to people spouting off about their opinions and, and, and doing it with flashing lights and conviction. And let's find the most uh, convictional sounding people, the most beautiful people to try to get some, you know, some point across. And I, and I just, when, when can we get back to this place where someone presents an idea and you have normal people, right? Not the, not the ding dongs that are, wanting to be famous and have the power just have a normal conversation around ideas and that you know that would generally just love and respect one another that's that's just hard you can't find that anywhere now it's a bunch of people screaming at each other well i i, I would ask you to, to define your definition of normal but i figure we would be, <laughs> be here all day so i'll i'll skip over that but i also yeah. i also know david that in your uh i let you a sing all over the country, my friend. So tell me, uh, what uh, br brings you the most joy from uh, singing, my friend, and why uh, is it a, a way that you find your own inner center, my friend? Oh, what a great question. So, you know, Kevin, I feel like music is a can opener to the soul, right? You remember, remember that moment in the movie Shawshank Redemption when they played... Uh, the song Omio Babino Caro over the the loudspeaker. You know, it's yeah. everybody. Everybody just stops, and it's like, oh, oh wow. And of course, that's a, a dramatic picture of 
music just being a can opener opener to our souls. And I, I'll be honest, I sing because I like goosebumps. I, I sing because it's it's this language that brings everybody together, you know, into and unto beauty as opposed to I want to be right. And I, I just love how music um, just changes the room. It, it causes us to, you know, to, to look up. It causes us, I can't tell you many times I've been singing and I literally see, you know, somebody's hand reach over and grab the hand next to them, right? And, you know, it's it changes us. And I, so I think more than anything, whether I'm speaking or singing, I just like, I like what it does. I like what it does to our hearts and it softens us, you know, toward, um, toward one another. Uh, well, we could use that in today's society, couldn't we? Yeah. Oh, man, you got it. Absolutely. Uh, David, I just had a uh, personal curiosity before I ask you about your own life and legacy. What do you think is the true meaning and essence of life? And what do you find the most joy in when experiencing Everything life has to offer. What are your thoughts there? You know, so my last record, it's called What a Perfect Day. And there's this, there's a song on there where there's there's a line in the song that says, Don't you want to love and to be loved? And and I so I think that in general, love, right? The the highest currency, and and you know, I'm I'm a Christian, so I believe it's a it's not a what, it's a who. I think that the the essence of of life is to love and to be loved. Period, and um, and I, I think that uh, when when people you know open up their hearts to uh, well, let me back up. The uh, you know I think our biggest we can we can often find deeper meaning when we think about you know what we're really ultimately scared of. Mm-hmm. So this idea of you know our I think it was uh, Tim Keller who said our our deepest longing is to be truly known. Like, I mean, warts and all, and truly loved and accepted. And our biggest fear is to be, of course, known and rejected, right? You're not good enough. I I don't approve. You're disgusting, whatever that is. I can't take you. You're too much. And you're 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 rejected. So so love in its truest form, right? Is just it's beautiful, it's extravagant. And so yeah, I think that's you know kind of the kind of the mission, as it were, is to spread, you know, spread him around to people that you know that need it. And I'm I'm the chief one in need, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, David, I know that we're both uh, professional speakers, my friend. So, what do you think is the key to really connecting with an audience as a speaker? You know, truth of the matter is, you know, it's it's cliche, but man, for heaven's sakes, be yourself. You know, quite often we we want to, you know, and it's out of fear, like you know, because I, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want my true self to be looked down on or rejected. But I think it's what a wonderful gift that we give to other people when we show up. You know, again, the fullest expression of who we are. Sometimes we're silly, right? Sometimes we're regal. Sometimes we're fired up about something. Sometimes we're, you know, we're just whatever, we're normal. And I, so I think this idea of just be yourself, if you're going to be passionate, be passionate. Um, It's people want to know. um, I like this. I think it's Donald Miller who said, people do business with those that they like, know, and And trust. trust. Yeah. 
And it's so fascinating, right? Because if if I sense that somebody's being kind of phony, well, I don't I don't trust that, right? And I don't I, actually I don't even like it for that matter. But the opposite's true. When somebody gets up there and they're talking about, you know, the things they're passionate about, and I can tell that they're just being super real. Man, what a gift! Because it makes me feel like I can do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, David, my final question for you this afternoon has to do with your own uh, personal and professional legacy, my friend, because, you know, I believe that life is all about etching your fingerprints of stand of, in, the, in the sand of differences, uh, people, because we're all put on earth to sort of lay the groundwork for the next generation, my friend. So how do you want your legacy to be defined? And how do you want your fingerprints of difference to be edged in the sand? Yeah, I, you know, I, I of course, when I, you know, you, you can't help but be thinking about a eulogy, you know, at that point, right? What do you want people to say about you? And that really helps to, to define right now what's really important. And <clears throat> so for me, I like the word inspire, you know, it means to breathe life into. And I, so I would hope that, you know, Lisa, my wife, my, my daughter, Catherine, my son, Parker, you know, they would always know that dad, you know, and husband, as it were, you know, we're for you. I am for you like a hurricane. And my, I've had several friends, including my brothers-in-law, my grandpa. I mean, it was just like, whatever, I would walk into the room and they'd be like, oh man, sit down, tell me all about it. You know, whatever, I got this sense that whatever you're into, I'm into. And I just love the idea of, you know, being for someone. In fact, I might write a book about that. I think that's the biggest, you know, the gift you can you can give somebody is just like, dude, you walk into this room and you're standing next to me, it's on. This is going to happen. We're going to do this. Whatever you're passionate about, I'm passionate about. Let's do it. So I think that, yeah, in general, I would I would hope people would would know that I'm for them like a hurricane. Yeah, absolutely. And Finally, David, if people want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can do uh, that, my friend? Yeah, so you can um, visit my website, uh, David Ask. It's spelled like ask, but it's davidask.com. You can send me an email at hello at davidask.com. And then my my business website is statguardplus.com. So, yeah, thank you. Oh, well, fantastic, my friend. I really... Well, then thank you for the inroads that you're making in the uh, fields of both personal development and business, my friend. Your work in the space of entrepreneurship is most appreciated, and I want to thank you for being here this afternoon to engage in conversation with me. It's most appreciated. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.